Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. All right, boys and girls, welcome to Bass Kayak and Beers podcast. It's your boy Armando. I got a bottle today of beer, not a can. So if you didn't hear the um, the can opening like I usually do, uh, I tried to do it with the bottle, but yeah, got some Modelo. A friend of mine brought me a six pack. So not big into Modelo beer. If you tried it, give me a comment. Give me a comment on my social media. You can follow me at Bass Kayak and Beers on Instagram and also TikTok. So go check it out. Um, hope you enjoy, guys enjoyed this episode. I got Jake Archman. Uh, Jake is kind of like a yearly thing now. He comes in and we talked, we previewed the Hobie BOS's Sasquahana. Sasquahana. I tried to pronounce it. I don't, I don't know how it's going to come out. But for those uh, PA anglers, please, I apologize for botching that name. I know some of you are sticklers about that. So. And I get it. So, anyways, Jake's third time I got Jake Charchman here. Um, and again, excited to uh bring him in. I, I love Jake. He's a great dude, great personality. Um, and uh yeah, and we always talk love to talk bass fishing with him. So that's pretty much it. That's what we're gonna be talking about. Hobie BOS. As for myself, this week I just got out of the water a few hours ago. I went to two two-acre creek or two-acre lake or Mill Creek Lake. I, I, don't, I don't know the name. It's called different name by different people, but it's somewhere in Canton, Texas. Um, and, you know, temperatures are in the hundreds. Water temperatures were almost in the 90s. I only caught one bass a day. Um, I usually do pretty well with um, the frog bite on that lake, but not today, man. Just, just one little, like, 14-inch bass. So that was it. Got had to get out of the water by like eleven because it was already hundred degrees by eleven. So, yeah, it's it's been a tough summer, both weather and fishing, as you might expect, with the uh, water temperatures hitting consistently in the upper eighties and lower nineties. But anyways, big shout out to my sponsor, Douglas Outdoors. Go to douglasoutdoors.com. Check out their full lineup of LOS X Matrix. And award-winning fly fishing rods. We'll go to a quick waypoints commercial. We'll have Jake join us right now. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. 
This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Mr. Jake Harshman, how you doing, buddy? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. How are you? My pleasure, man. Thank you. I know you're in your day off, and uh, so I appreciate you taking time to join me in the podcast. I know I ruined your date night. I, your wife already mentioned it, so I owe you... You know, that's, maybe I'll give you, you you get me you get me one time a year. She gets me 364 days a year. So there you um, go. Can you hear can you hear my dogs? And I don't mind them, but yeah, I can hear them okay. wrestling around. Yeah, so uh that's a new and interesting development. Um my wife wanted to get a puppy and I didn't want to get a puppy, so we got a puppy. And um now we have a, a full-grown Irish doodle and a brand-new puppy. What kind of doodle is it? It's a golden doodle. So um, he's a terrorist. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he, he, he likes to poop on the floor right in front of the ring camera. Um, he rides or runs around biting at my other dog's legs. So, that's, yeah, he's just a, just a real nice little guy. Real, real nice. Real well, nice. There you go. Dog. Now, did your wife did what I did to my wife, which is I just showed up with a dog. I told him, hey, I'm going to need to get going to a grocery store and then I'll come back with the dog. Did she just now, throw it at you or? No, she she was like, about a week leading up to it, she was really nice and she was like making my favorite meals and oh boy. like, oh, hey, you know, can I go wash your car in a bathing suit? And like she did all these things for me and I was like, oh, that's really nice. And then one, she's like, oh, hey, by the way, we're going to buy a puppy. And I'm like, Phew. Okay. There you go. I guess I own that one. Well, there you go, man. I hope you enjoy. What's the puppy's name? Uh, Benny. Benny? Oh, yeah. So we got Benny and Bruno. They have their own Instagram. Oh, really? Are you one yeah. of those couples now? Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. That's the end of that, I guess. <laughs> Let's not go down that rabbit hole. I'll send you the Instagram. Link it up. <laughs> you can plug it in at the end. You can say where can people follow. You can say where they can follow Benny and, and Bruno. Good um, deal. I'm sure you'll get hundreds of followers just from listening to this podcast. But, Jake, um, first of all, um, I always like to thank you for your service. I know you, you still are since last time I talked. You haven't quit your job, right? You're still a policeman in Pennsylvania? I, I have not quit my job yet. Um, if everybody starts subscribing and watching my YouTube videos, maybe I will quit my job one of these days, but I'm still a, still a federal police officer, yeah. How's that going? How's uh, the job you know, 
it's it's the job it's a job it's you know i i try not to i try not to bring it home you know i try not to you know really think about it whenever i'm not there and i just you know when when i'm not at work i think about fishing and when i'm at work i still think about fishing but <laughs> i have to <laughs> i have to pay attention to work too so well but thank you for your service man appreciate i appreciate it. it bud i do So Jake, you signed up already for the Hobie BOS, I'm assuming, right? Did, oh did you get gosh, yeah, man. I was one of the I think I was one of the first people that signed up because that thing went like dawn. It was just absolutely quick. I think I think they said it was like eight or nine minutes it was sold out. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a it's it's the best, the best shallow or not even shallow, but moving water fishery in the country for smallmouth bass. You know, you you have the St. Lawrence, which I know the St. Lawrence moves, but man, that's really tough to fish in a kayak. Um, but you know, there the fish up there are just kind of insane, but it's more lake like. Um, but this river is, you know, right now especially, you can walk across most of it and not get your knees wet. So wow. yeah. It's it's gonna be an eye opener for people who have never been here that come here and They're like, holy crap, I am going to have to paddle because <laughs> that's a real thing. So, I mean, I was out today and where I was at today, there was hardly any water. Um, it was maybe in most places a foot, foot and a half deep. And that was like the whole way across the river. So. So let's dig in right into the predictions. I usually save this for the last, but now that you mentioned the low water level and I'm thinking, you know, um, I was going to say Drew Gregory, but no, Jody Quinn has won it at least the last two years. Yeah. The, 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 well, the, the only two years it's been here yeah, is yeah. the first and second. Um, and he's won it both years. You know, Jody is, he's more than just a river angler. He's probably one of the best. Oh, that, yeah. there is, that there is in the sport. And I, I would rank him in the top three of the sport. And it's a toss up any given match or any given day between him, Drew, and, you know, you could Cody? argue, huh? Who? Cody? I was going to argue and say Christine. Uh, Christine oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. You know, she, yeah. she's the reigning TOC champion. I mean, you could honestly and put in that same conversation, you could put Jordan Marshall and Cody Milton and Russ Snyder's. But I think the, you know, between those three, like, but Jody, you know, he's, he knows this river really well and he's been fishing this river for a long time. So when you have someone with that level of experience, with that level of skill competing in a tournament against 199 other people, he's always going to be a favorite. Um, he's just, he's just that good. And, you know, he could very well come out and win it again this year, but I'm hoping that I have something to say about that. Uh, I would like to, I would like to make his reign as champion end and, and I would love to see him come in second place, but um, you know, that I, I think Jody's always a, a favorite to win this event, but you have the absolute best river anglers in the country that are going to be here. You got Drew Gregory. That's going to be here. Russell Johnson's going to be here. Um, you got some other guys that aren't as well known that are, that are, fantastic river anglers that are all going to be here. This is going to be, in my opinion, it's going to be the toughest test, the the most stacked field that we've had all year long. And I think that this river is going to show out because 
in the past few weeks. I know last week we had a tournament on the river and a lot of really good river anglers and 92 inches is what it took to win on a one day tournament. I think that you could reasonably expect to see anything between 90 and 95 inches per day to win. Really? Wow. Yeah. I mean, so the, the fish this year, I mean, have they've been big, like <laughs> they've just been big, you know, my, my last, I don't know, my last five trips out on the river, four of which have been over 90 inches. And the one that wasn't was on Saturday at the tournament when I had 89 and something. So, you know, you, you could say that, man, like it's going to be, I think it's going to take a hundred and maybe 185 inches to win this tournament. That was how, what I wanted to go in next. What was your prediction? I think 185, like last year, I think it was 184. I, I um, think, I think this year with the class of fish that I've witnessed being caught, I think it's 185 plus is what it will take. 185? Yeah, at least. If not more, I think it'll be 185 or more. Um, it's just fishing really good this year so far. And, and when I say really good, it's fishing, it's fishing really good for big fish. There's been a lot of big fish caught this year. More what do you think? What do you think that is? And, and sorry, I interrupted you there for a second. Um, I've noticed on the past you've mentioned, you know, that there had been a problem or perceived problem with the flathead catfish and all that. Has anything been done about it? And what did you attribute this year being? Is it so, just the water levels or what's going on? So the nice thing is, is that the past two years, we've had very productive spawns. This year, I, I can't really speak for um, but 2019 and, and 2020, we had really productive spawns. 2018, it, the spawn was completely blown out. Those fish were on a treadmill all year long. And I think what we witnessed in 2020, the, the first year that they had the BOS here, the river fish pretty tough. And I think what you witnessed there was that you had a, a fairly large amount of fish that didn't make it through the 2018 floods. And the ones that did, it took them a couple years to basically grow up. Um, but, you know, this this year we've been relatively unscathed as far as, you know, weather related flooding events. We did have one that was of concern to me that happened in about mid-May when the fish were up on beds. They, they had a high water event that I think may have washed out that one wave. But other than that, the water levels had been pretty, um, you know, standard, like not not crazy, you know. And I think that that plays a huge role that those fish aren't constantly burning all those calories on the, on that treadmill. Because when the water gets up above five, six feet here on the gauge, you know, they're, they have to pack into eddies or they're out in the current and there's, you know, that's some, that's some heavy current that we have here. Um, the other aspect is when the water gets really, really high like that and the fish all have to pack into protected areas, the flatheads pack in there too. And they're such a territorial creature that when they're packed into close proximity with other fish, other fish become prey. And, you know, they, they just, they, they just eat them and you know, they're, 
you know, you when you'll see it after a high water event, you'll find a lot of fish with bite marks on them because they're not eating them because they're hungry. They're eating them because they're invading their space. And that's, you know, if you look like it's funny, it, it never fails. You get a high water event here and then afterwards you're going to find a bunch of smallmouth that have catfish bites are bite marks on. Them. So but. that's interesting. That's a that's good insight of uh, as far as the health of the of the river going into this event, um, and and I know it's kind of like I don't want to add like I as far as the podcast goes, I would love to add some more information, but I know the event hasn't taken place. I don't know how much intel you want to share. But I'll ask it and I'll leave it up to you how vague or how detailed you can you ask want to be. anything you want. And if I can answer it, I'll answer it. What do you think is going to be the key? You know, and granted, this is uh, the 30 and the 30 and the 31st of July. Sorry about that. Mm -hmm. So anything a lot could happen. And we're still at the, the time of this recording. What is it? The 7th of July. So still yeah. three weeks away. So it could happen as far as weather, but what do you think is going to be the key to this tournament? I think somebody who, um, if the water, well, so if the water levels stay the way they are, somebody who's able to paddle a boat is going to do really well in this event. I think if the water levels stay the way they are right now, pedal drives are going to be almost pointless. Um, I think somebody who's able to downsize and, and get, and get, real skinny as far as both weight and gear. I think that person is going to have a lot of success. I also think that the person who is able to get out of their boat and navigate the river on foot is going to have a lot of success. Um, those, those three things are going to be very key to fishing this river effectively. If the water levels stay the way they are, if the water levels come up, If we get in, if, if the, if the, if the river rises a foot, foot and a half, it's a completely different ball game. I mean, completely that opens up almost anybody could come out here and win that event because when the river is at four and a half, five feet, those fish do nothing but eat. They do nothing but eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. So, you know, At three and a half feet, it's going to take what I what I mentioned. At four and a half feet, anybody could anybody could come out here and win this event. And so, uh, for you, you you actually uh, have a PA fourteen, right? I have a bunch of different boats now. Okay. Um, so I have a PA fourteen that I'm that I'm very likely going to be selling. Uh, I also bought one of the new Jackson Nars because. Oh, nice. Personally, I prefer that pedal style motion over the kicking motion of a Hobie. But for the for the BOS on the river, I will be using my Hobie iTrek 11. And for the exact reasons that I mentioned, that boat weighs, I don't know, fully rigged with everything I'm going to take on it. It's it's sub 80 pounds. It drafts like, you know, inches, like maybe two inches of water, if that fully loaded. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the pedal, the, the, the fins are kind of stubby, they're short. So I can actually pedal in less than a foot of water, whereas other people aren't going to be able to. And even my, even my flutter kick, my flutter kick can happen in inches of water. So 
you know, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's an advantage to have that boat on, on this river. And I've rigged it out pretty good. Like I got it set up the way that I would need to have it for a tournament setting. I tested that out last weekend. I got the horizontal rod storage on it. I have the anchor line management set up for the front and I put some H rails on it. So, um, you know, it's, it's pretty well set up and I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to get out and use it and show what it's capable of. When, when rigging up for this type of event, like you mentioned, it's being lightweight and mobile and agile with your kayak is going to be key, especially if the water level stays, but they are, you know, when you go to a lake, you know, you see like a guy like Ronaldo Nandin here from Texas who takes 16 rods, which I mean, it works great for him. He's had success, but I'm assuming something like that's not going to, it's total overkill on the, on that river. Usually I, how many rods would you take and how and what type of baits? Like I would be very, very surprised that anybody take that takes more than six rods is going to do well on this tournament in this tournament. Um, let's see type of baits. Um, I, I think that the summertime top water bite is absolute fire here. And if you have, if you have something that, that, you know, you can rip across the current and keep it up, you know, on top of the water and not sink, uh, I think that the fish really like that. Um, you know, I'm going to be pretty basic in what I say here, top, middle, and bottom. If you can cover top, middle, and bottom and have, you know, rods, you know, I'm going to take four rods. Me personally, I'm going to take four rods and I don't mind telling you what I'm going to take. I'm going to take a rod that's specifically for top water and, and it's going to range anywhere from, a uh, three-eighth ounce buzz bait to a whopper plopper 130. And then I'm going to have um, a rod that I can throw chatter baits and swim baits on, you know, and, and chatter baits seem to be a staple on this river. A lot of people use them and they catch a lot of fish. Um, you know, the swim baits, I don't want to get into talking about the individual swim, swim baits that I'm going to use, but it's going to be a, you know, a, a decent size swim bait that, you know, I, I like to, I like to throw some big swim baits out here, but, um, the other, the other rod would double honestly as a, as it's kind of like a finesse topwater rod for some smaller like poppers and, and walking baits, but it would also be my, you know, spinner bait and shallow diving crankbait rod. And the fourth rod, and it's one that I hope never gets used is a, a spinning rod for some sort of finesse presentation on the bottom, whether it's a Ned rig or a finesse jig or something like that. That's the rod that I hope to never have to use whenever I go out fishing, but I take it just in case I need it. So that's going to be the four rods that I take fishing with me. And that's it. That's absolutely it. Yeah. seems like that is the smart approach, it, you know, considering it, this like, yeah. Or yeah, in this instance, rapids. you know, when, when you're talking about when you're talking about paddling rapids and you're talking about, you know, getting super skinny and super shallow, you don't want to have all that gear. You don't want to have, you know, I'm going to take two tackle boxes 
like two, one 3,700 size and one 3,600 size tackle box, a couple bags of plastics and four rods, and I'm going to go fishing. You don't want to take a bunch of crap because the more you load yourself down, the more you're going to sit lower in the water and the more you're going to have to drag your kayak and paddling a heavier kayak. I mean, you know, look at Drew Gregory. Look at Drew Gregory. Yep. You know, be like Drew. <laughs> then <be like> Drew. <laughs> That's reality. Be like Drew, because otherwise, you know, you're going to have you're going to find yourself. If you come here for any amount of time to pre-fish and you're and you have all that stuff, you're going to find yourself pissed off and be like, man, I should I should have downsized. And by the end of the week, you're going to take three rods and a tackle box and be like, I'm not dragging this big ass boat with all this gear again. You know what I mean? Because that's what you're going to do. Your people are going to drag you. Come to the Susquehanna River with some good gripping river shoes, because if you don't, you're going to be pissed off. Don't bring your Crocs. Don't bring your Crocs. They're going to fill up with rocks. They're probably going to fall off in the water. Bring a good pair of river shoes. Yeah, so. it seems like uh, that's, you know, that's the norm with that lake on um keep saying lake with that river on the you know with the water level being so low yeah and it's kind of sets up perfectly for drew in that aspect now i don't know um if uh jody quinn has another kayak the times that i've shared the water with jody quinn he always has his pa 14 360 which i'm assuming he's not going to use that now on the past i don't know if it was last year or the year before last year I think it was the year before last year. So the first Hobie BOS, if I'm not mistaken, I think he won that event, but he was fishing like the main river channel. Like he was not targeting eddies. Uh, he was not targeting uh, the bank. He was more like the middle. I think he mentioned he was, you know, doing with the spinner bait with the willow blade or Colorado blade. I can't remember which one. <laughs> um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to confirm which one either. <laughs> Yeah, but so his the when he won those tournament again I can't remember if it was last year the year before last year um it was completely different from what it seems like to be setting up this year. You think so the, he'll be able to find that duplicate that this year? The first year that he won it is very similar to the way it is right now setting up. Last year was was not. Last year was a lot different. There was a lot more water, a lot more current. Um. But the first year he won it, he could absolutely reproduce what he did. And the reason why you're mentioning that he was out in the main river and he was in the channels, um, you know, when this river gets low, they don't have to be, these fish don't have to be protected from the current. Yeah, They could literally be anywhere, right? They could be anywhere that has a water depth and, you know, enough of them to, for them to be there, like to not have their backs out of the water. Um, so they literally could be anywhere, but you know, if you're going across the river and it's a foot deep, foot deep, foot deep, a foot deep, and all of a sudden drops to three foot for 20 yards, they're probably going to be in that channel. They're going to be attached to some sort of cover or structure in that depth. And that's more than likely the way he was fishing it, um, in what he had found which there's spots like that all over the river. You know, there's, it's, I'm not going to say where he was fishing because I, I would not do that to him. 
Um, but there's spots like that all over this river. And if you can find them, you're probably going to find fish in them. You know, I went out with my buddy on the boat today and we found, we found similar to what I'm talking about. And every, you know, every log or rock or something had fish on it. Now, whether they're going to eat is a whole nother scenario, but you know, it, it's it's being able to find those differences, you know, and I know that that's that's probably well, I don't want to say I know that's probably what he was talking to talking about and alluding to as to how he won that tournament. Um, that would be my guess, because that's been the pattern, per se, for the last couple of weeks. So and if the river levels stay the way it is, you know, that he's like I said, he's a favorite. He's a favorite for it because. He's won it at the exact same river level that it is right now. So, and that's not the only tournaments that he's won on this river. He's won KBF. Oh, no, no. He's he's won KBF tournaments on this river. He's won um, almost every major tournament that's come to this river that he's fished in. He's won. So, you know, any local anglers that might be joining that you might consider like a dark horse to win it, like somebody we don't know that you say, you know what, you should keep an eye on this guy. This guy could totally win it. So, um, Alex Fioka, do you know who Alex is? I've I've heard the name. I can't put a face to the name, but I've heard the name definitely. Currently, he's the reigning Mid Atlantic Kayak Bass Fishing Angler of the Year. Um, he's a very well-rounded angler that he just won this tournament last weekend with 92 inches. Um, he's, he's a, he's a, you know, he's a sleeper pick. You know who Russell Johnson is? Russell's a national name, right? Yeah. So Russell's obviously, you know, he's somewhat local. He's a, you know, he's a fan favorite, but if I had to pick somebody that, that nobody would expect and nobody knew who it was, um, Billy Dorboro. Billy is a local guy here and he has this weird ability to locate big fish. And what you'll find is when Billy goes out and wins tournaments, he either blows it completely out of the water with like something absolutely astronomical or he's kind of run of, you know, gets in that run of the mill, like in that pack where you expect everyone to be. Um, Billy doesn't really ever blank. He's he's a he's a solid fisherman, but he has a very very good ability to find big fish, and he's very knowledgeable about this river. If I had a sleeper pick um, of a of a local, it would be him. But I say all that, and and I come back to the fact that if I'm going to pick any local, I'm going to pick myself. Oh yeah, and that's not you know that's not sounding arrogant or anything else like that. But if I go into this tournament not expecting to win, picking somebody else, I'm not going to win. So I would love to see Billy come in third, second, whatever. (laughs) But Love to see him get a check, not just just not the first first place check, right? Absolutely love to see him get a check, yes. I want to see all my friends cast checks. But now let me ask you this, and this is more of a personal question, right? You, your first time fishing a Hobie BOS, uh, was in Guntersville, right? That's no. the one. The first BOS that I ever fished was Lake Seminole in 2020. That's the one you won, right? Yes. Okay. So do you feel 
not taking anything away from your success, right? And I know you haven't been able to fish the local, the the national trails as much, but do you ever feel like do you want to break that stigma of like being a one hit wonder kind of oh, thing? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. There's so I mean I I I don't I don't really let it bother me, but I do let it motivate me. There there are some haters out there that don't like me, and I'm okay with that. Um, but you know, why would anybody say, not like you? Well, you know, because I'm an <laughs> asshole generally. <laughs> um, but there's some people out there that 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 say these things, and they might say it even jokingly. But there's a little, you know, there's a little truth to every joke. And I let shit, you know, stuff like that. I let it motivate me. And yeah, mm-hmm. I absolutely don't want to be considered a one-hit wonder. Um, you know, I was not. Nobody knew who I was on the national scene before 2020. Um, but I did come into 2020 as the Mid-Atlantic KBF Angler of the Year. I'd won that in 2019. So I was coming in off of a high note. I was fishing really well. I was fishing really focused. Um, there's a lot to be said for that when you're when you're focused on fishing. Um, and, you know, there was not a lot of outside interference or, or, or things in my mind. But I will say, man, winning the first event that I've ever – fished with the Hobie God that was a that was tough because you set the bar extremely high for yourself when you set the bar that high well winning is addictive yeah it's it's a very addictive it's more addictive than than crack right like you know when you win you want to do nothing else but win again and it has nothing to do with the money, anything like that. The money's great. The money's nice. But we don't do this because we want to get rich. We do this because we love to fish. And, yeah. you know, that that feeling of winning is incredibly addictive. But it's hard. It's hard because there's so many good anglers out there that fish this trail that, you know, some guys are just perennial guys and girls are perennial powerhouses that are really hard to beat. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I definitely have a lot of drive to, to try to win this tournament. And, you know, the past two years have really been difficult for traveling. It's been difficult both because yeah. of COVID, but now it's difficult because of gas. Like it's just, you know, the last two years have been really kind of jacked up as far as, you know, being able to go places and stuff like that. Um, you know, I really wanted to go up to Winnipesaukee, uh, but I couldn't. Um, you know, I, I, I would love to go out to Wisconsin to the Wolf and Fox River. I think that would be a, a really, really fun tournament. I think that one's going to be a, a surprising one to a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people are going to be expecting what comes from there but i think that's going to be a, a big fish tournament and a lot of smallmouth and you know that's kind of what i like to do but yeah the the travel and you know just the world events in the past two years have made it really difficult to, to travel to some of these tournaments whenever you're still working a full-time job and have a family to support and a mortgage to pay so when you talk about you know <coughs> on the sport the when you know, the state of, you know, the kayak fishing tournament, right? I compare it, you know, as far as American sports go, um, like golf, in the sense that this is not really a spectator sport like football or, um, you know, like uh, 
basketball, baseball. This is more of like, you know, kind of PGA Tour, which, again, they, they do have a lot more um, uh, spectators than, than kayak fishing. But this is more really driven with, you know, the, the tournament anglers. And as the sports grow, we start to seeing it kind of take shape. And one of the things that I notice, it's one thing to to win a tournament in, let's say, Fox and River, right? And mm-hmm. not numbers aside, I'm not talking about one has 60 anglers registered, the other one was, has 200. Aside from that, when we look at the like places like uh, Chickamauga, um, Gondersfield, Lake Fork, the Susky, you know, Susquehanna. Um, do you feel like one money aside and entry, you know, number of anglers aside, one really puts you out there as the tournament you want to win? Like you want to, like, I feel like this has turned into, let me circle the calendar. Cause if I have to choose which one I'm going to win, I want to win that one. Oh, I want to win Lake Fork versus I want to win some, um, Broken Bow in Oklahoma, which is Great Lake, but it's not doesn't have that mystique about it. Yeah, I think every every event that Hobie has is a premier event. I'll say oh, yeah. that first. Every event that they have is a premier event. However, certain fisheries will definitely make me get the sharpie out with the marker and and, and circle that date those dates on the calendar. This one is one of them, and it's yeah. not just because I lived here. Or I live here. I mean, if I lived in freaking Tennessee, I would still want to come here. Um, you know, this this event, this river, the time of year that they have it, it's it's fantastic. You know, you're not going to find a lake in July that fishes as well as this river will fish, it, especially for the, the big fish. You know, you just won't find it. So I think that's one of the reasons why people are like, oh, man, you know, it's the middle of the year or actually it's more towards the end of the year. But this event will always attract a huge amount of people. And it's only going to grow as people learn and see what this place is capable of, because this place is capable of capable of some amazing things. Like there's some big fish being caught in this river. Um. You know, I, I think that this this event will I man, I hope Hobie comes back here every year. I would love to see this place be a Hobie Worlds qualifier because it it deserves that. It deserves that kind of you know um accolades with it. You know, when you come to this river, you are going to work and earn a win on this river. You won't luck into it. You're gonna earn it. Because the current's going to make you earn it, and the fish are going to make you earn it. These fish are not easy to catch. They eat, but they're not easy to catch. When you catch an 18, 19, 20-inch smallmouth in two feet of water, they have no other place to go but up. They will jump three, four, five feet in the air and shake their bodies and twist around and try to throw your hook any way they can, and they are wildly successful at it. They're not easy to put in the boat. And sometimes you got to chase them around. And when you got to chase them around in this current, it's not easy to do. This this event is a tough one to win. And I think that's why it attracts attracts the amount and the quality of anglers that it attracts. I would rank it up there as the 
in my opinion, the best event that Hobie has every year that they've had it so far. It's the one that people want to come to. I lost you, buddy. I can't hear you. I'm sorry about that. Um, it's gotten to be like the staple. Like, you know, yeah. every year it seems like, you know, at least the first two years or the last two years, I should say. And I would imagine they will be keep bringing it every year, especially with the numbers going up every year. And this yeah. year is sold out. Um, and it's sold out in, like, like you mentioned, less than 10 minutes. I don't know. Some people well, say six yeah, minutes. It was, it was like eight, six to eight minutes. But yeah. here's one thing to note, right? And, and most people probably don't know this, but the first year that we had it here, it wasn't even supposed to be here. It was a rescheduled event from May. We were supposed to go to Lake Erie in May. And they rescheduled it with like two months notice. And it still grabbed 112 people. So naturally, you put it back on the schedule for the following year. And it jumps up to like, I think it was 150 last year. And then as the sport has kind of exploded... Now, you know, year three, you're selling out in six, six minutes with 200 people to not come back here. I mean, I, I think it's disrespectful to not come back here, but I think there's more that co goes into it than just, you know, not coming back here for the anglers because we've shown that we want it. I think that the local host communities mm -hmm. have to be willing to put forth what what they you know what they should be putting forth in order to keep events coming back here if the local hosting organizations you know visitors bureaus and stuff like that aren't willing to to bring the event back here by by helping out with the way that they do at every other event you know that's that's a very large depending thing like yep. going to a location they they basically have to want you to be there which means they have to put a little, throw a little money your way for the cost of operating the tournament. If they're not willing to do that, then I can understand why they wouldn't come back here. But in the same token, like you could tell the anglers, Hey, we're going to have to charge more for this event just to be able to go back there just to make it able to be done. And I think it would still sell out. Um, but yeah, you know, this, this, this place, this time of year, this series, you can't go wrong. Every event that's come to the Susquehanna River has been a success on a national scale. And, and again, later this year, in October, Native is bringing a national level event to this river. That Native Power Hour series, they're going to be here in, in the beginning of October. And, buddy, you think this place is fishing well now? Like, after, wait till after July 30th, 31st. And if you think it's fishing well after you see the numbers – wait until October. October is a whole nother ball game. Like it's the, the fish are fat and they're feeding up for the winter and they just, it's going to be legit in October. I feel bad for the judges of that event in October. They're going to be judging a lot of fish. Yeah. It seems like it's like you said, it's, it's one of those uh, bucket list uh, fisheries that you, gotta do it if you love bass fish if you love kayak bass fishing it's one of those things that you really want to be at some point even if it's just for fun even if it's not a tournament you want to visit that fishery now let me ask you this as far as these uh, this fishery is concerned everybody keeps talking about smallmouth bass is that the only way you're going to win is there any shot of somebody you know i don't know mm -hmm. what the 
what the uh, uh, the biology is on that lake. You know, is there spotted bass? Is there largemouth bass? And there's, if they are, are there any comparable to smallmouth bass? There's no spotted bass, but there's a small section of the river that does have um, uh, some largemouth in it, that largemouth prevail in, in that location. Um, largemouth could very well win this tournament. They could very well win this tournament. However, it's, it would be more difficult to do because there's less of them. And they're in a smaller area that's more pressured by bass boats. But the the very southern section of this of the boundary has a, a lot of large grass flats that have some very very healthy largemouth bass that live in them. And I'll tell you, just I know someone last year that went out on day two of the Hobie BOS, and he was not in the Hobie BOS tournament and caught ninety five inches of largemouth last year. Wow. Um, the largemouth get big in this river, just like the smallmouth do, because they're basically eating the same forage. And, you know, my my personal best largemouth out of the river is almost eight pounds. It was 22 and a quarter inches. Um, and it was caught, I think, in late May on a buzz bait in the Goldsboro pool, which is the one I'm talking about. Um you know, it they, they have some big fish down there. But like I said, it's a little bit more difficult to target them because there's a lot of grass and it gets a lot of pressure. But it's also a slower moving pool. It's a little bit deeper and it plays into the strength of someone who is a largemouth fisherman that doesn't know anything about smallmouth bass. The right person could go down there and find something. They could, they could scare a lot of people up north fishing for, for smallmouth. Because the largemouth are, are big too. Uh, there's just not as many of them. So, you know, largemouth could absolutely win this tournament. I've said it for a long period of time. No one ever believes me, but I promise you it's true. I promise you 100% that if the right person went down there and put some time in and found something, they could do a lot of, a lot of scaring of people up north who are fishing for smallmouth. Interesting. We'll see how it shapes up. I'm sure somebody's going to try it. <laughs> I the, it, it hasn't been attempted yet in the last two years. I really want someone to do it. It's not my forte. You put a flipping stick in my hand or you put a frog rod in my hand, I don't have a lot of confidence. I'm not good at that. But the right person could go down there and, and flip up 90-some-plus inches of largemouth. It's going to have a lot of people thinking – on day two, you know, questioning their decisions. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Man, I should have went fishing for largemouth. Um, I, I want to, I want to see it happen just because I, I want to show that this fishery is not a one trick pony, you know, but yeah, definitely. Now it's, it's a great fishery and it's, it's certainly on my bucket list should be anybody's um, bucket list. If you're in kayak bass fishing with a small mouth or large mouth bass, Jake, I I promised you I was going to keep you in the 45-minute range because <laughs> you're in your day off and, you know, I already ruined your date night. So oh, you're um, good, I'll give you as much time as you want to kind of do the plugs. Where can people follow you? Where can people follow Benny and Bruno? I know you just posted a new video on YouTube. I um, did. So 
Go ahead so, and tell us about your social media. I'm going to touch on a couple things. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to send an offer out to you. Oh, yeah. This is, this is an offer that's only good for you. Let's hear it. Next year, I will be opening up a guide service on the Susquehanna River out of kayaks. When you're ready, nice. when you're ready, you contact me. Just fly up here. I'll have the rods. I'll have the boat. I'll have the motor. And I'll have everything you need. If you want to bring your own reels, because I do reel right or left-handed. Uh, right-handed? So I reel with my okay, right so hand. you're going to have to bring your own weird reels, because I'll have left-handed. <laughs> That's so all good. Bring your own reels if you want, but you are more than welcome. You just let me know when, and I will take you out on this river, and we'll 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 shoot a promo video with me and Armando and put you on some giant smallmouth. So that's a special offer only to you. It's not good for your viewers. <laughs> it's only for you, Armando. When do you start? Do, when are you expecting to start that? Uh, this year, I honestly expected to do it this year, but I ran into supply chain issues with getting the boats and the motors and stuff like that. Everything's been on back order and backlog. So um, it's going to be done out of an inflatable boat that is a new boat coming on the market by Innovative Sportsman. Trey Leach, who runs Innovative Sportsman, is bringing out an inflatable boat, inflatable kayak. Uh, it's it's called the Osprey. And last knowledge that I had of it, I believe it was 14 feet long and 36 inches wide. And it's it's made out of a very, very durable material that's going to be designed for use around rocks and stuff like that. Um, it's going to be, honestly, it's going to be a great river boat. It's going to be the best river boat that there is. Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device. But that's the boat that I'm going to be using to do it. Uh, I'm going to have two of them, one with me and one for my clients. And then hopefully as the years go on, maybe expand and take two, maybe three people out. But that's they're going to have a torpedo on the back of them. Uh, an ultralight 1103 so you won't have to worry about paddling unless unless the river gets super shallow and then and then we'll honestly probably be walking anyway but um you know that's the that's the goal and then i have my rod sponsor tfo uh, temple fork outfitters otherwise known as tfo they're going to be all the rods will be tfo the reels will probably all be shimano unless somebody wants to bring their own um and then, you know, everything else will be provided. The only thing that the goal is that when you come to me to come fishing on the river, the only thing you have to bring is yourself and a fishing license. So that's the goal. That's the intent. Um, and that's hopefully next year when that starts. Because uh, like I said, I would have done it this year, but supply chain, everybody knows how the supply chain has been. So, yeah. Um, that said, I would say huge thank you to my wife because she dealt with me sitting here talking to you for the 
better part of 45 minutes here. Um, and then Benny and Bruno, they have their own Instagram. What's, uh, all right, let me find it. <laughs> well, while you find it, what is your Instagram and your YouTube channel? So I am pa.kayakbassin. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's just Pennsylvania, PA, period, kayak bassin. It's pretty easy to find on Instagram. And then on YouTube, um, it's just all you have to do is search my name. Uh, that's that's Jake Harshman, and that'll bring up my YouTube channel. So Benny and Bruno is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to murder this here. Let me find it. It's Doodle Brothers underscore Bruno dot and Benny. I think is what it is. Yeah. And dot Benny. I don't know. My wife came up with it. She needs to, she needs to refine that a little bit because right now that's not refined. But um, yeah, that's that's the dogs. They're uh, they're a fun little bunch. So. But and thank you for you, man. Thanks for putting me on your show again. I pre- oh, I always thank you. I always enjoy coming on and talking to you. It's it's a blast when we get to do it. So same deal here, man. Love talking to you. I I've made it a now. I don't know if you know this, but you're like a yearly fixture. <laughs> well, <laughs> year. let's, let's do this again in September before the yep. native event. I think cool. that would be that that would be a fun because. The native events not for some reason I don't know why whether maybe natives not putting any promotion dollars into it but not a lot of people are talking about it but I think it's a really cool thing that they're doing they're doing they're bringing a different aspect into kayak fishing where they're doing like a mid or not like a mid they're doing a, a major league fishing format where you catch as many fish as you can and they also have a big bass power hour where you can win a thousand dollars every hour for catching the biggest bass. Like, yeah, it's not a ten thousand five hundred dollar payday, but it could be if you catch six of the biggest bass and win the tournament, or if you catch the biggest bass every hour. Like, you know, it, you could. There's a there's a nice little payday to be to be had there, and I think people should start talking about it because. It's growth. It's growth for the sport, regardless of which brand sponsors it. It's growth yep. for the sport, and it's different, more and different ways to to go out and kayak fish. So, now let me ask you this, and this proves that I am a loyal Jake Harshman follower. I do <laughs> remember, I do remember you being on the dark waters kayak fishing. And kind of like sharing your thoughts on Major League Fishing that you were not a fan. You were like, oh, this is just catching whoever catches the most fish, just throwing the neck rig out there. Now, so, on the native side, do you, do you change your mind on that? It's not that I changed my mind. So I, 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 dis, I disliked Major League Fishing when they were out there and the, it was a one-pound minimum. Mm-hmm. To me, that's stupid. That's stupid. Nobody wants to watch you go out and catch – 75 one pound fish nobody wants to watch that but they got smart and they started upping their their limits and they you know i i like the format i just didn't like the way they were doing it catching i mean catching one pound fish is not impressive to me you know i can take a child out with a drop shot and catch 20 30 40 one pound fish 
that's not something that I want to watch professionals do. Um, but since they've upped their limits and there's a little bit more strategy involved, I, I've come around. I've come around. And Native is doing it where you have to, I think their minimum is 14 inches and not 12. Um, I actually promoted and stressed that I thought that they should do 15 or 16 inches for the Susquehanna River just because of the type of fishery that it is. But they kept it at 14 because that's what all the other events were kept at. Hmm. So fish has to be at least 14 inches, which I don't think many of those are going to be caught. I think a majority of your fish are going to be between 15 and 18 inches that are caught in the river. Um, I, I don't even like measuring 14 inch fish on this river. I try not to. And I don't ever think that I'm going to need one of those in a tournament. So, but they, they do have an increased limit as to what you need to catch. It's not just 12 inches. So, but that's cool. Yeah, we can definitely, uh, definitely uh, mark the calendar for that one. September, we'll talk about it, bring you in and talk about it. I'm very interested in that. I've vaguely heard about it. I don't know why there's no more talk about it. It's, it's interesting to find out. I'll reach out and see if I yes. can have them on the pod. Yeah, I was, I mean, I know. So the local director here for the Susquehanna event is Bill Benini. He's also one of the directors for Delaware Paddle Sports' kayak bass fishing series. So if you wanted to reach out to him and have him on, I'm sure he wouldn't mind talking to you about it. Yeah, we'll talk off air and uh, get the, that information for you. Good deal. Well, Jake, I did not kept my promise of keeping you under five. Yeah, no, you did. I was the one who pushed it out. <laughs> but, um, I appreciate you nevertheless coming on the podcast. And uh, while we say goodbye, just stick around so I can get you information for um, um, that uh, Native event. And uh, yeah. Definitely reach out to them. But for those out there listening, again, thank you for listening. If you want to be on the water, wear your PFDs. If you have a, gonna have a couple of beers, alcohol drinks, please drink responsibly. Stay safe. Make sure you make, make it back home to your loved ones. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day, everyone. Tight lines. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.